The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Parenthood. Your life does not end here. Hi, I'm Chriselle Lim, mother of two. And I'm Sarah Son, also a mother of two. We are longtime friends and now mothers. This is Being Bumo, a podcast about all things parenting. We want to have honest conversations about motherhood so we can each define it for ourselves. We're here to build our village and we hope that you join us. Today's a really special day. Yeah, why? It's Chloe, my oldest daughter's seventh birthday. Oh, seven. Seven. What What should wow. I expect at seven years old? Oh. Please tell me. Actually, seven is when it gets good, at least for us. Really? I have to say six and a half to now 10 has been a dream. But because we had a rough three to six. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited for you, girl. Okay, girl. If I don't have the best year of my life <laughs> this year, I'm coming at it's you. On it's on you. Okay, oh, so fun. I mean, I think this kind of ties into our topic today. Actually, it kind of does. <laughs> yeah. So you put up a poll recently, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Asking what people wanted to hear. And the topic was? Well, a lot of different ideas and thoughts. And what is in like, I said, what is in your heart right now, mama? Like, what is really frustrating you? Or like, you know, what is like happening in your heart? And so a lot of, most of the responses um, that were submitted was about discipline. Mm. Like, how do we discipline our kids, guide them, help them make good choices, but also not crush their spirit or not, I don't know, like, how do we do that, right? Oh gosh, they had to, they had to choose the (laughs) hardest topic, right? Of course. Good point. And actually, I first, I was like, I'm just going to skip that one. (laughs) (laughs) Pretend that we didn't see it. Forgot it. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know what we're doing. But it was just really the most requested one. So yeah, maybe we take a look at it. We're going to take a stab at it. But I think the reason why it is a tricky subject is because there is no right answer for There's no magical wand that will make the perfect kid and Mm -hmm. make them do this, you know, perfect thing. There's no formula to that. I haven't found one and I'm 10 years into this. And the things that maybe worked yesterday don't work today. Maybe yesterday, if I threatened my kid to take something away, maybe it worked. And today she doesn't care about that. It just, it is constantly evolving and it's it's just constantly changing, which makes it so challenging. And not only that, I feel like it's an easy subject for people to judge one another mm. because mm-hmm. everyone has a different parenting style that may work for them, that may not work for someone else's family. So it's mm-hmm. easy to point fingers at someone yep. and be like, oh, I would never do that for my yeah, kids, right? Yeah. But with that said, I hope that you guys don't judge us with what <laughs> we're going to be candidly sharing here. Oh wow. my God, I'm so sorry. What is, Siri does Siri? not understand discipline. <laughs> <laughs> we don't either, Siri. <laughs> we don't either. Okay, so I don't know. Where should we start? Like, what are some things that are that you guys are doing, like that you're doing right now with Chloe and Colette that... Well, I haven't figured it out either. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you're a little ahead of the game just 
with the age difference, but no. at least for me with both the girls, they had they respond to different things. And that's what I'm realizing. What worked for Chloe does not work for Colette. Mm-hmm. What works for Colette certainly does not work for Chloe. Mm-hmm. And again, this is because they have completely different personalities, different things trigger them, different things motivate them. Mm-hmm. And so with Chloe, quite frankly, I'm just going to be mm-hmm. completely honest here, scaring her works. Yeah. So if I say... I'm going to count to three. And if you don't do this, then you're going to get in big trouble and there's going to be a timeout. Mm-hmm. And I know how people feel about timeout and we could go into that in a bit. Mm-hmm. But if I say those words, mm-hmm. she will listen. Yeah. And that tactic has always worked with her. Mm-hmm. So it's been a little easier in a yeah. sense with her because of that. Right. I have kind of like this dangling stick that mm-hmm. I could like kind of dangle in front of her. Like, I'm going to take this away mm-hmm. and then she'll respond to that. Right. right. But oh my goodness, with Colette, <laughs> <laughs> that does not work. It actually makes it worse. Yeah. And so I don't know necessarily what works for Colette yet. It's almost like I have to let her figure it out on her own yeah. and let her trip and fall and mm-hmm. like get in trouble. Yeah. And she'll be like, ouch, I, that hurt. I probably don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of just let her get away with things and let mm-hmm. her learn on her own the hard way and the longer way, which yeah. is kind of annoying, quite frankly, for us. But it just takes longer. It takes or, longer. Yeah. yeah. But I but that that makes sense. Yeah. How about you? Okay. Well, I I have like well currently and it I, I don't know if this is you know, we just talked about sibling rivalry and birth order, right, in the last episode or yeah. two episodes ago. And that's crazy like it's kind of in a similar way with my oldest it's like three two by two it's done yeah I'm gonna do a countdown three two by two whatever needs to be done it's done the the lunchbox is packed the, the shoes are put on whatever needs to be done right and he just has never really pushed so many boundaries that I have to go m- outside of that I have to get creative on my disciplining and mm. that certainly worked when he was I would say I don't know two to six, you know, where you are right now at that stage. Yeah. And just like you said, with my daughter, it didn't work. I could count negative four and it wouldn't <laughs> work. <laughs> she would just stare straight into my eyeballs and just wait for me to get to zero. And I was scared of her. <laughs> I was like, okay, we're at one. Is she not going to do it? <laughs> Gosh, is it a first and a second thing? I I don't know. It's definitely, I mean, it's definitely the same case with us. Like it just, I don't know what it is about the second (laughs) child. (laughs) Nothing threatens them. Nothing scares them. Nothing scares them. And, you know, I really appreciate you being honest with Chloe saying, because people do feel, have strong opinions about, like you said, timeouts and, and that whole thing, even the countdown, the three, two, one. I reacted harshly to my daughter the first few years because... I didn't, I didn't understand that pushing boundaries for kids that age is normal. Mm. I didn't know that. I, I don't know if that sounds crazy, but I just, I didn't know that it is normal for one, two, three-year-olds to drop things spilled. I mean, I, I know it's normal, but I also just the day-to-day, like all of the messes and the picking up and like the writing on the wall, opening everything, f- feeding yogurt to all of the stuffed animals. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my God, there was a day where like- Panic attack. She wanted to feed yogurt to all of her stuffed animals because they're hungry. 
they need to eat too. She's such a like, she's so big and like pretend play. Oh, uh, sure. But I- She has you, empathy. Sure. You, and so then things like that, like the day-to-day of all those things, like all the boundary pushing is really exhausting. Yeah. So for me, my responses the first few years were harsh and were like, stop that. What are you doing? Like, you know, and it just, when I really think back at that time, I'm like, that wasn't really my best time. Mm. And I definitely did respond in not in not like a very empathetic way towards her because again, I didn't have to do that with my first. I am not like that. I'm I'm a rule follower generally. Don't push boundaries too much and didn't really know how to respond to her mm-hmm. and responded in a harsh way sometimes. And just when, also when you have two, <laughs> I'm just so exhausted. Oh like gosh. by 10 a.m., I'm just, my patient was so thin and... I do remember responding like just very impatiently and just yelling and just not my best moments, like year three and four for her, you know? I mean, you were like probably on just desperation mode at that point to figure something out for her to listen, right? Yeah. So pure exhaustion, really. It's what it was. Yeah, Yeah. burnout, exhaustion, but also uh, understimulated. It just, yeah, all of those things, you know, like the mundane every day. Oh, there's dishes again. Like I am washed. I just washed the breakfast dishes, but magically there are dishes all over the sink again. And who is supposed to clean that? Yeah. So it was definitely like the cycle, those first, that, that chapter of like the three to five and the four to six or Mm -hmm. like two to four. So I do remember thinking that, but really what I've really learned through error and trial is that she's supposed to be pushing these boundaries. And this is actually not just normal, but healthy. Mm. And it's exhausting. But if you, I feel like if I had known that back then, I wouldn't try so hard to control. And I would think about ways to help cooperate instead of trying to control and then becoming impatient. It's easier said than done though, because when you're in the moment, Mm -hmm. you're like, about to just like lose it yeah, and yeah. you just need to like blow your steam. Mm-hmm. So, but now looking back, you're like, okay, maybe I should have. But I honestly, and I'm, this is why I, I love that we talk about these things now, because if right now you have a two-year-old and you're pregnant with your second, mm-hmm. this chapter is coming, you know, yeah. at some level. So I just hope that, that it's normal for kids to be pushing boundaries. It's normal for them that yesterday they were able to sit like a good 15 minutes and have their meal. But today and tomorrow, that's not going to happen. Like they're just going to throw fit. They don't want to sit. They don't want the, yesterday they liked, they liked the sandwich. Today they don't want to eat the sandwich. Mm-hmm. So I, all of that is normal. I, and so I think that in, that increase, if you know that, like that's what's developmentally normal for the kid, I feel like that increases the parent's capacity to have more patience and empathy. Mm. And then you don't rush to control and discipline, but you kind of hopefully can just support and guide and just be more mindful of the behavior. So what would you have said that you would do now then? Like in hindsight, looking back at how you did discipline Mm -hmm. versus like what you learned and what, how you would do it now? And like you said, it's always easier like said than done and looking back. I I do think one of the greatest things that I learned from my daughter 
again, they always say your hardest child will teach you the most important lessons, right? Because they push you as a parent. So the greatest thing I learned through my second is that, and this might be controversial and a lot of parents might not agree with this, but that there isn't quote unquote bad behavior. Like this, getting good grades, sitting properly at the table, using the forks properly, that is good behavior. Throwing things, drawing on walls, even hitting a friend, even being mean to a friend, that's bad behavior. I don't really believe that anymore. What do you mean? Like, what What do you mean if if your if your child hits the sibling? Yeah. How is that not bad? Please, Just please not. explain. It, it's not bad behavior. Hit your friends, people. <laughs> <laughs> Hit away. Please okay. explain. Again, it has to be age appropriate. Like, if a twelve year old is hitting a friend, that that needs yes, to be has very directly addressed. Yes. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking back at like when my kids were four and like quote unquote bad behavior. What I learned from my daughter is who has like a huge range of emotions. Like she can be incredibly empathetic and nurturing. Again, feeding yogurt <laughs> to all of her stuffed animals because she felt bad that they hadn't had breakfast. To extreme jealousy and feeling inadequate. Like there was a time where she was maybe three and we had a play date over. Her girlfriends came over. And when they came in, I was very complimentary to her girlfriends. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're so beautiful. You've grown so much. Like, I'm so happy to see you. Whatever. Like, just, I don't know, small talk. And <laughs> it, she internalized all of those compliments. And then she was mean to her friend for the, for the rest of the play uh... date. Right. So it's like, yes, the behavior was like, I don't want to play with her. And like, she would just like not want to share her toys. Usually incredibly good at sharing her toys. Um I don't, I don't want to sit with her. I don't, she just was not, she just didn't want to play with her friend at that moment. And, and I remember thinking like, well, that's not nice. Well, you need to share where, well, why? And like, I remember thinking like, oh my God, my, my child is behaving so badly, Mm. but I completely ignored the fact that 30 minutes ago I had given so many compliments to this other kid and that she had internalized that. And now she felt jealous and felt that, I just, I, I cared more about this friend and that is normal emotion. So it's like really focusing on the emotion and the behavior as secondary. So basically saying that the behavior on the surface that you see is not exactly what it is. It's yeah. much deeper and yeah. it's layered and it has some sort of meaning behind it that mm-hmm. is important for parents to understand why they're acting, whether it's quote unquote good mm-hmm. or quote unquote bad behavior. Yeah. Right. I think so. Like why are they acting quote unquote good? Mm-hmm. Something must have excited them mm-hmm. or made them feel good about mm-hmm. something or quote unquote bad. Why did they hate someone or hit someone? Something had the trigger. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I-, I think so. That's, that's like by trial and error. That's how I've understood how to quote unquote discipline my second child. agree. But I think the hardest part is like when you're in it, you have to like connect so many dots to be able to come to that conclusion of like, oh, she's acting out because I said this to her friend Mm -hmm. and she has this type of personality that would make her feel jealous in this way. So this is why she's (laughs) acting this way. And that's why I should not be. It's just like a lot connecting the dots Yeah, where when you're in the moment, you're just 
it doesn't come that fast. No, and right? you're also like the mom is right there and you're embarrassed because your kid won't share or she's like being grumpy and like the mom's right there and then you feel embarrassed <laughs> and you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. But I, I would say like, if you're going through, if you're in that stage right now, don't care about the other mom. Mm. be on your child's side, like be on her side, like be her advocate, like understand why she's behaving badly because kids don't behave badly because they're like terrible people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that's really what we should get to is that kids are not behaving badly on purpose. I I mean, I don't really think that. I mean, maybe later things are coming a little bit more, there's a little bit more of that, but I don't think like those first few years that they're like that. They're responding to their emotions. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of have a similar story, not quite similar, um, but it reminded me of when I went to Big Bear recently. And granted, my kids are total beach babies. They don't understand what layering means. Mm -hmm. Uh Chloe is old enough now where she's like, okay, if I don't wear enough layers, if I don't wear this jacket and a coat, then I'm going to freeze in the snow. So Chloe was fine. But my youngest daughter, Colette, who is three, she just didn't want to layer on clothes. And for three straight days, she was protesting. She like would scream and shout and yell, be on the floor crying because she did not want to wear more than two layers. She just wanted to wear one layer. (laughs) (laughs) And so I would force her. I would literally like pin her down and make her wear it. And it would just make her go crazier. But I'm Mm -hmm. like, I, you're going to, you're going to freeze. You're going to die if you just wear this in this like negative 10 degree weather. (laughs) It was was like zero degrees, but but then by the second day and third day, I was like, I cannot do this anymore. (laughs) I'm not going to fight with you anymore. Fine. Go freeze. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the funny thing was once she went outside and she realized how cold she was, she was like, I want jacket. (laughs) And I'm like, oh. Do you? (laughs) Oh, I was doing it the wrong way Mm. with you this whole time. Again, this is a personality difference between her sister and her because with Chloe, I could be like, you're going to freeze. You're going to die. So wear this jacket. They're more rational in some ways. She's like, okay. Mm -hmm. But that does not work for Colette. She had to experience it herself and kind of feel the pain herself to for her to come to that conclusion that she wants to wear those layers. And that is like an amazing character trait Mm. to like want to experience something and feel it in your body, let it connect to your brain and then like have a response. Yes. I love that. I hope that a lot of parents really know that that is like child appropriate and that is not a way to discipline because like, would you call that disciplining? Like, what would you call know. that? Yeah, because I don't call that disciplining, but it's like a way, yeah, at some point you want your kids to comply, but it's- Is it's, that gentle parenting? You always talk about gentle parenting. Gentle is that parenting. gentle parenting? It's kind of gentle parenting. Gentle parenting is sort of this notion that you don't force the kids to do things. I mean, unless it's like touch the stove when the fire is on, you know, like obviously you have to be, there's like danger things like cross the street or whatever, but- generally outside of like these very extreme dangerous things, the gentle parenting thing is like you empathize with your kid. You're full of patience. You let them explore the world. See what zero degrees feels like. 
hmm, maybe I will put on those gloves mom was talking about. Yeah. That's kind of part of it. It's like you're letting them at their time, like experience the world, learn their lessons. That's kind of part of it. Instead of like dictating all the time, like this is good, this is bad. This is, you know what I mean? So I I really embrace that. It's not easy. It's hard to do it on the day-to-day. I don't do it on the day-to-day, but like it's now in the back of my head. I didn't have that when my kids were really little, to be honest. I I didn't know that. To be honest, that doesn't exist in our culture. Sure, that's a good point. I blame culture. (laughs) (laughs) You talk about gentle parenting to our parents. They're gonna be like, no, no, like this is our parenting. <laughs> this is like you listen to my rules or you don't live in this house, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's the complete opposite of what we were raised to mm-hmm. learn was good. Right. Right. And so how do we feel about that parenting? What did that do to our relationship with our parents? Yeah. I I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it was all very positive. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And so I, I do think we have to set boundaries, right? Like when it's dinner time, you come and sit to dinner. Like for example, you know, you have to set boundaries. Something simple that my first was fighting me on, who doesn't really fight me much is, he wants to read his book during dinner. He's like so obsessed wow, with his reading. Like a dream, I'm sorry. I uh, like, I, I'm like dying uh, <laughs> for my kids to read. Okay, yes, I am so thankful that he loves to read, but no, not during dinner. Like okay, during dinner, okay, I you get sit. It. Because it's also like he spills all day if he's reading his mm, book. Uh-huh, <laughs> and uh-huh. then I have to clean it up. But no, during dinner, you say, you tell me about your day. We catch up. You ask, you know what I mean? We talk about whatever. And I want him to be part of that conversation. But he wants to read. But he was also kind of arguing that like he doesn't have time enough to read these days, blah, blah, blah. But I had to really kind of empathize with him first and then be like, okay, well, then maybe you can read. And then allocate the reading time somewhere else, right? But like, you have to set boundaries. Like, I'm not going to have him read at the dinner table every night. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think setting boundaries is one thing. So, I I mean, again, I don't know much about gentle parenting, but I I would imagine even with gentle parenting, you have your own boundaries Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. what is acceptable in the household and what is not. Of course. Like, one example for our household is that everyone has to make their beds in the morning, like, Mm -hmm. no matter what. Right. Even if it's like, honestly, it's just a sloppy job for them. Of course. And that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yes. But it's just getting them into the mindset of like, this is my responsibility. And there's no if, ands, or buts like (laughs) that I can't make my bed. So they always make their bed. And that is like one discipline, I guess, boundary that I've created in our household. And obviously, because they're shuffling between households, things may look different on the other side. But at least on my side, I always tell them, like, at least when you're here with mom's house, like this is the boundary, this is the rule here and you guys have to follow it. And they always do follow it. Mm-hmm. So I think just setting those boundaries is really important for the kids. I, I think that's yeah. so true. <laughs> you have to see Colette's bed. She makes her bed. It's like, <laughs> why, why? I mean, it's messier than like when she slept in it because yeah. she's just like, but it's just, again. But you're just instilling like responsibility and, ha- yes. and like good habits, which is really what it is. Because they're, they're, they're not like hotel maids that they can like fluff and fold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I think that's great that you're doing that. God, what else about this? Discipline is also hard to talk to because, you know, how we discipline kids at three is very different at nine. Right? Like, yeah. yeah. Like right now, like I said earlier, this six to nine period, seven period has been so wonderful. I feel like I kind of laid the foundation, went through a bit of the fire with the kids and establishing these routines at home yeah. and like the boundaries and what is accepted, what isn't, and also letting them have their space. And now we're seeing a lot of that ease 
come in a yeah. little bit. I remember our mutual friend that told us that like she was so strict for, I'm not gonna say her name on here, but you know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. She's, she was like super, super strict mm-hmm. with her kids, like from ages, like since they were born yeah. until they were like five or six. Yeah. Because whenever I see her, I'm like, how are your kids so amazing? She's like, yeah. I was the meanest mom from yeah. like first to, or one to five or yeah. one to six. And so laying that foundation in the beginning, I think it's really, really important because then it could be really nice after six, right? Yeah. You, you're able to enjoy, not saying that there's a new set of challenges that come. I mean, that's for every age, there's a new set of challenges. But I think if you lay the groundwork in the beginning and they have kind of those tools and they they know how to access those tools, then I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it's even easier with Chloe now. Yeah, probably because yeah. she has, she understands like her boundaries and routines. Well, I I wanted to go back to that comment that you said, like the mean mom. What do you mean by that? Because of this like gentle, con- like more conscious parenting, I hope my greatest, I think, message for today is kids are supposed to push boundaries. Kids are supposed to make messes. We're supposed to give them a space to express themselves yeah. and give them ability to, to make choices and understand the world around them. Yeah. My biggest thing is to give the mother and the father or like the caretaker an insight that that's normal. Yeah. And it's that they're not doing it on purpose to make a mess or piss you off or whatever. They're just doing it because that's the way they learn. And then to hopefully grow and expand the caretaker's ability to support that and to be more patient and be a caretaker, like help them through that, Mm. like nurture them through that. Teach it again and then teach it again and teach it again and again and again and again and again and again until they get it. So I don't know what you mean by like the mean mom thing because that's what I'm talking about. Like good behavior should not be a result of kids not being able to push boundaries. Yeah. And I think that's a generational problem too because I think even a lot of our peers and our friends, we have been raised to think that quote unquote being strict and being mean to the kids equates to well-behaved kids. Yes, but that I'm not like super on board anymore. I used to be that way. Yeah. I used to think that. I used to think I need to be really strict and disciplined and like, because I used to think like, oh, if they, if I let it go once, then they're just going to continue this bad behavior. Disrespectful, like back talk. And obviously those things need to be addressed, but you, we need to address the emotion under the back talk. We need uh-huh. to address the emotion under the quote unquote bad behavior, the throwing, the hitting, blah, blah, blah. Kids up until like year seven, they don't have impulse. They, they they have no impulse control. Yeah. They truly will just blurt out whatever's on their mind. They will push. I mean, they are like use physicality to express frustration. So I actually think all of that is normal. So let's say that your youngest, she hit your oldest. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. just going to put a hypothetical situation out there. Yeah. And she wasn't sorry about it. Mm-hmm. And oh, I love that you brought that up. Yeah. Your oldest was very hurt by this. Mm-hmm. And let's say that he's upset or crying or whatever, pissed off, but the youngest is not sorry. Mm-hmm. What do you, what now learning what you have learned, mm-hmm. how would you react to that? Yeah. I, and we've been in similar situations. I would, I would say, I, I mean, I would obviously say, you know, hitting, I mean, my kids don't hit, but they have sometimes use mean words, but I'm like, using mean words is not something we do in this family. Mm. I understand that you're very frustrated because- That's a boundary. That's that a boundary. Yes, that's, yes a boundary. that's a boundary. That's a boundary. I don't use mean words to you. 
Daddy does not mean uh, use mean words to you. We do not use mean words in this family. But you know what? Right now, let's talk about why you did it. What happened? Young Jin, you know, he didn't want to let me have a turn with the basketball. He didn't let me have a turn with this. So then she's frustrated. She feels like it's unfair. She feels hurt. So really, that's really the first the first piece of the conversation. Mm. It's address and validate her like emotion, negative emotion, quote unquote, right? And, th- and that takes days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lean back on my chair right now. <laughs> And that's what people it, don't really get there because they don't have the they time. They don't have the time. The they don't have the patience, the capacity. Yeah. I get, and I get that. Yeah. I, I, I half of the time I don't, but I do think that if half of the time, I think half of the time is good enough. You do get to like the emotional part. Well, and again, it takes that because at that moment they don't want to talk about it. At that moment they're like, no, he's terrible. He's so mean. He, you know what I mean? They're not going to sit and be like, well, you know. So you um, let it simmer down. So you let it simmer down. You know mm-hmm. what? Let's just play something else. Let's let's you, let's go over here and play with the dolls. Let's go over here and play like a, a guess who or whatever. Mm-hmm. Distract a little bit. Let it fizzle, because if I do, if I continue to do what I was doing, which was trying to control and then try to force her to like be nice to her friend that came over for a play date. It, it just, it's not going to happen. It, it just will not happen. And if it happens, it's just like full of resentment and full of grumpiness. It, it just, it's not sustainable. So, so then we just kind of distract maybe later that night in the evening, like we've talked about setting these routines at night where you like spend a little time, then you're like, okay, so like, you know, what happened with, with, with your brother? Like what? And there's like, oh, well, like, and then it starts to come out and they're like, oh, I see. That makes sense. That's why you were upset. That's why you called them those names. I get it. Well, you know what? Maybe next time you can use these other words. Mm. I swear. And if this is the only thing I talk about in this podcast forever, I will be so happy. I swear that works. Mm. I, I, And that's kind of right now what I mean with like, we're having like really good moments. It does not mean that they comply with everything I say. So I yeah. want to make that clear. Is that I have spent the time to help them understand their emotions, especially the quote unquote bad emotions, mm-hmm. which again, I don't think are bad. Help them like understand them a little bit better so that they can better know themselves, what triggers them. And then they can like have decent relationship with people around them. Yeah. But it does not mean that my kids are obedient all the time. I mean, we should talk about that. Like the difference between respect and obedience Mm. and the difference between cooperation and compliance. Because if the ultimate goal is obedience, oh, it's going to be a tough road for y'all. I don't know how else to say it. I think if the end goal is obedience by discipline, I don't know. I don't subscribe to that anymore all the time. I mean, some things, yeah, like you have to go to school and you you have to brush your teeth, certain things. But I think you do it, like you said, by like setting these routines, setting these expectations, these standards, like you have to make your bed every morning. That's Mm -hmm. part of responsibility. But like, I just, compliance and obedience, like without the connection, I just don't, I just, I feel like that's a recipe for just- not the best relationship. It's almost like you have to let them connect the dots too. So you like let it simmer down and then have them be like, oh, give them the opportunity, like maybe even ask them the question of like, why did you do that? I love that. Mm -hmm. And maybe they didn't even get why they did that until they thought of that question of like, oh, Mm -hmm. well, it made me feel, he made me feel mad because he didn't give me 
the basketball when he told me that he was going to give me the basketball. Yeah. And then for them, now they're like, oh, so I was mad and that's why I hit. Yeah. Yeah. And so like connecting the dots for them. And so you just being kind of the guide. Yes. So they can connect those dots. Yeah. And then so when they're able to connect it, then they could guide themselves the next time. Ding, ding, ding. Conscious Yay! parenting okay, graduate. We, we can end <laughs> this episode right now. And I'm going to become a therapist. <laughs> just no, kidding. No, Chris, this is a huge lesson for us because like you said, we were not raised this way. No. We were like, suppress your emotions, suppress your voice, suppress your desires and wants. And then on the surface behave this way. I, I just, I don't want that for my kids, man. Like yeah. I don't, it's just not it. I don't think that's makes any sense anymore. Oh God, our parents really just. I mean, <sighs> they did the best they could they with the tools the that they, they had. Yeah, because I mean, we turned out pretty decent. A I, lot I of think. it was obedience, though. It's the obedience yes. piece that I'm really having to rethink. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I want my kids to be obedient, compliant, but what I really want is for them to be very self aware. Yes, that's the best gift you could give anybody. And so if discipline doesn't lead to that, I had to reevaluate yeah. what, why I was disciplining, what I was disciplining for. Because we're trying to also move away from this whole like good girl concept, right? Yeah. Like you and I are fighting that every minute of the day. What does a good girl look oh like? That that's going to be, we need to do an episode about that. I'm <laughs> yeah. going to write that down because- Redefining not, a good girl. Not raising good girls. Not raising not good girls. raising good girls. I'm sorry. I mean, yes, like there is like a, a part of like goodness, but obedience. I don't know about that. Yeah. Not no. Pass. No, because there's, it, it comes with its own set of problems, suppression and. People pleasing. People pleasing. I mean, I still like have such a hard time with people pleasing. Same. Same. It's like the whole thing I said earlier, like wearing my big girl pants. I have been wearing very tight pants for this whole time. You just, you know, had to let go of a button in there because it, it's, I don't think that's the goal. I mean, not for me anymore. No, everything yeah. boils down to what, how we were raised and what yeah. we were taught. And because you and I are so self-aware, our generation is so much more self-aware yeah. than the previous. Yeah. And I, I hope that our kids, they will be even more self-aware than us, right? Yeah. And we just continue that conversation. And and it's, it's, it's all like, if we could change discipline to like connection, I think we would save ourselves a lot of fights with our children. I love that. The point is to build a good relationship with your child, whether that's at three years old or 13 or 23. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Isn't that what we all want? It's, we don't want blind obedience. I mean, I no. don't. Yeah. Blind obedience is the worst. I, it's... I can, I, I don't, I think like if that's what you're thinking is like what a good kid is, I think you should, I mean, I had to take a breath and re-examine that. I was like, but I want a good kid. And I'm like, hmm, well, what's the cost of having a good kid? Is, mm -hmm. is it not letting them express what they want? Yeah. And I think, I don't, I don't know if I want that anymore. I, yeah. I don't, I, I've evolved from that. I've changed from that perspective. Yeah. I used to, but I don't really that's, think that anymore. That's incredible. <sighs> Should we take a break? Yeah, let's okay, do it. Okay, let's do it. So I have some really picky eaters. Can any of you relate? They can spot veggies from a mile away. Honestly, mealtime has been kind of a struggle for that reason, but it all has recently changed as I discovered once upon a farm. And I wish that I discovered them sooner. 
Once Upon a Farm is the leading baby foods and kids snack company offering organic, cold-pressed fruit and veggie blends, dairy-free smoothies, overnight oats, meals, and more. Once Upon a Farm products are made with whole organic farm-fresh ingredients and no added sugars, concentrates, or anything artificial. Each blend is cold pressure protected to lock in nutrients, natural textures, and super yummy taste. The new immunity blends are my personal favorites and also Colette's. They are made with nutrition-packed fruits and veggies like elderberry and dragon fruit and added probiotics to help support your little ones for the chili season and any other reason. Plus, they taste delicious. Immunity blends are clean label project certified, meaning they've been third party tested for over 400 environmental and industrial toxins, including heavy metals. It's packaged in a convenient grab and go pouch. Once Upon a Farm refrigerated blends are the perfect nutrient rich anytime snack. They're craved by kiddos and they're trusted by parents. Their subscription offering is fully customizable. So you can basically pick and choose from their wide variety of blends or meals and switch it up before every delivery. It's truly from farm to fridge, convenience without compromise. My daughter's favorite one is the pineapple, banana, and dragon fruit one. She wants one for breakfast, after lunch, and after dinner. She loves them so much. We just subscribe to get a custom assortment delivered to our door. So it's just one less thing that I have to worry about. Get started today and enjoy an additional 30% off your first subscription order. Use code BUMO at onceuponafarmorganics.com. That's onceuponafarmorganics.com. Hey girl, hey, welcome to Taste of Taylor, my weekly podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker. You might know me from Sirius XM Radio. I mean, I was there for like 12 years after all. But then Howard Stern allegedly got jealous of me, so I had to leave. I was actually able to pull myself up by the bootstraps and start my own podcast, Taste of Taylor, which is now officially with Dear Media. I'm so excited to say that. Ha! So I promise you in this podcast, you're going to either learn about something, you're going to be inspired by someone that's like always coming from a perspective of like humor, then this is the place for you. I hope you enjoy this little snack. I do have lunch. Well, I mean, this is not lunch, but. Oh, I don't know if you tried these. Milk tea mochi. Is that an ice cream? Well, they had the ice cream like two summers ago that were sold out everywhere. Yeah, blah, 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 I got right? into that. Oh, those are so good. So good. I have been seeing your Haagen-Dazs posts. Oh my God, it's the worst. <laughs> Amazing. I, I eat a Haagen-Dazs every single <laughs> night. They're the mini ones. Okay, they're the little mini ones. Sometimes I eat two of them though. I mean, why wouldn't you? Once the kids go to sleep because mm-hmm. they cannot see that mom's eating. And you need to live. Yeah. You need to live a little. And I eat it in my closet. <laughs> It's so sad, but it gives me, it's something I could look forward to every single night. I think you absolutely deserve it and you should totally indulge. It's not even that bad. Yeah. Okay. You can also indulge in these, which I have been. So there are these mini individually wrapped mochi balls, but instead like in the Korean, the Korean ones usually have red bean, but this one has a boba Boba milk tea mochi. (gasps) It's really good. Oh my gosh. Can I eat it? Yes. Okay. I'm going to taste test this for you guys. This has a this this gigantic bag. It's bigger than my face. Has sixty pieces in it, and it's pretty much all gone. Wow. Is it good? Okay, I'm gonna bite into it. It's really good. <laughs> I think it's so good. Oh my goodness. 
it's, it's like, like it's mochi. It's like tok outside, uh-huh. but mm-hmm. inside it's it's a boba, boba ball instead of the red bean. But also the tok, the rice cake part, it's like more of a Japanese style. So it's very mm, soft. It's soft. Oh, oh it's, it's so I, good. They're so addictive. Uh, so we can have these that. like oh my god all day long it's bad but i don't care <laughs> it's so good it's really good oh my goodness i'm addicted mm, you guys have to if you go to the asian did you get this at the cream mm-hmm. market oh of course mm. these help these helps me get through the winter break is this is this by your bedside actually kind of is. <laughs> and the kids love it too i let them have it once in a while it's so good mm, yeah it's so good that's what i brought for lunch today Okay, so my little product recommendation, it's actually not a product. I don't even know how to describe it because Sarah and I go to- Wait, which one are you talking about? Uh (laughs) Sarah and I go to, um, actually all of our friends, we go to this lady in K-Town. Actually, we are not going to disclose that. We're definitely not going to disclose that because it (laughs) is- I was like, where is she going with this? Because it is- We did not want it to be booked up all day. No, she's a one woman show. And uh, yeah, sorry, guys. But we go to this place and I started doing the hair thing. Oh, that one. The hair stamp. Yeah. It kind of hurts, but like they put like these little micro needles or something Mm -hmm. on your scalp Mm -hmm. and they put some sort of like serum through it. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm losing hair. We are losing hair. Yeah. And like it just looks really flat sometimes. And so I've been doing that. It's my third time mm-hmm. and I think it's working. Do you think, do you see it? I saw a difference after the first time, which is why I recommend you it to you guys. after the first time? Really? I, I, after the first, the first stamping, because like you said, it's like a stamp with like 10 or 15 little needles. Little tiny needles. And that's yeah. what they're using to, you know, put like they said, the yeah. serum onto your skin, your scalp. I saw, like, so I did it. I was supposed to go two weeks after, but of course I didn't. So I went like maybe a month later. And just within that month, I definitely saw improvement in like- Really? Yeah, hair growth. And so that's actually why I went again and was happy, you know, was willing to suffer another five minutes of that stamping because I have super low tolerance for pain. Like I just won't do anything because of that. And then, and then I went the third time because it's a three, three time kind of package. Yeah, and I'm really happy. Your with hair it. looks really thick, like right yeah, over here. I think looks, so too. You have a lot of like new hair growth. Too. I exactly. Like that, I see all those yeah, baby hairs. Wow. Exactly. Look at that. I'm no. not even. I'm not there yet. Yeah. Okay. But I'm hoping to get there. But I feel like I do see some improvement. But I I was not going consistently. That's my problem. But I went between the first and second. I went a month in between, maybe. Mm-hmm. And she wanted me to come two weeks. Mm-hmm. But even then, it, it it was fine. It was working. I yeah, think I'm going to do it like once a year or something. I don't know. I just feel like there's so many secret tools that Korean people have with oh, beauty that I'm just so like, good. what else do you have here? Give yeah. me more. But I just, I'm really bad with pain. Oh, I'm really good with pain. Yeah. And I god. kind of like the pain. <gasps> oh my god. I, know, I need to get that. I need to get to I a know. place where I like Beauty's the pain. pain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm I hope like maybe by the next session you feel you see a little more difference. Like I hope more... so too. This is like my third time. So, I'm hoping that I'll see it. Yeah. I'm hoping that I'll see it. At the end of it all, what is the point of discipline? Why can't we just all be hippies and just <sighs> let things fly and just enjoy? I mean, we could enjoy things now, but yeah, with like, Why do we have to discipline? What is the point of it? I think for us, for me, it's like I want, I'm want. i setting boundaries and I set expectations. Absolutely. I think 
the point of discipline is for the parent to expand their capacity to support their child. The child is going to be a child. We're supposed to let them be children. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to just let them be and explore and push boundaries. I want them to actually push boundaries when they're quote unquote under me, like under mm-hmm. my household. Yeah. So that if they do make some mistakes, it's like some quote unquote bad choices, there's like, I'm still next to them through that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like if all I'm doing is expecting like, be like good behavior, good grades, good everything, all good choices. When they make mistakes, then, and you're not there, I just don't want to do that. I want them to experience all of their emotions while I'm with them. And so I think right now at this stage, I want to expand my capacity to be more patient and more nurturing and to make sure that my kid knows I'm on their side, even mm-hmm. when they make bad choices. So you think it's mainly for the parents then? I think it's time for parents to reflect. If you think like these disciplinary tools that you have, the timeouts, the t- the threats, the yelling, if they're not working, if they're not helping build a relationship with your kid, I, I-, I think you need to pivot. You need to rethink it. Yeah. You need to get to know your child. You need to connect with your child. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I also think that it's also, especially for the kids that are a little older, for them to, as we talked about earlier, to be able to connect the dots and be so self-aware of why they're mad or why they're angry about something. And not that they won't lash out, but maybe at the end of the day, they could be like, oh, I was mad because my brother did X, Y, and Z or my sister did X, Y, and Z. And just understand that everything has a connection and that is a tool that they will take with them into adulthood, right? Forever. Because even some adults can't even figure that out. That's that exactly like actually when they're seven and they're pushing boundaries. I mean, my kids have called me stupid mm-hmm. and I, ooh. Mm. Oh, goodness. That's a hard one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had to take not three breaths, but like 50 breaths. But like, but like I want them to, to be able to f- feel all of that yeah. and then have somebody next to them that can be like, hey, I still love you. I still care about you. You're upset. We're, we don't use those words. Yeah. Maybe let's try something else. I, I kind of feel like that's the point. Yeah. That is that. Maybe that's you got to bite your tongue. But yeah. yes, they will understand. Yeah. Giving them the right tools, I think. And helping th- them learn more about themselves. themselves. Yeah. 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 It's allowing them to learn more about themselves yeah. and get to know themselves because at the end of the day, that's what they're going to be living with themselves for the rest of their lives. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're not going to be around them. I'm not going to be around them. You forever. can't control them. Yeah. yeah, you can't like do timeout when they're 15. Or yeah. like, you know, it's not going to work. So for me, it's more about okay, when mom's not around and you're in the adult world, like how if you're angry, how, where where are you going to take that anger? Like, how can you reflect on that anger and giving them those like kind of tools at a young age? Yeah. So. I think so too. And obviously like the day-to-day, like we said, is really hard. It's exhausting. They're fighting, they're throwing, they're making mess all day. They're, I, I get it, but I, I think that's actually what they're supposed to be doing. Like that's part of it with the hitting, even with the hitting thing, of course, nobody wants their child to hit another child. And nobody wants to be in the receiving end of that. But like, I hope that if you're in a situation like that, that the parents can be a little bit more empathetic to the child that's 
quote unquote, having a bad behavior. Mm -hmm. Because that kid, that is a sign that that kid is overwhelmed and is having a really hard time at that moment. Mm -hmm. Doesn't justify the hitting. Hopefully that kid will have better coping mechanisms. And if you do the gentle parenting, I swear that kid will have the coping mechanisms in a year or two. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I swear because I've seen it work in my kid, in my, in my kids. And it's, it's, I feel like it's been so good for them and me. Well, this is, I think, a great way to end this episode and this topic. I mean, I feel a lot more confident going back home and not losing your my, you know, patience, (laughs) my patience and granting them, granting them and myself a little bit more grace um, and understanding and knowing that there's a reason behind every action and just giving them time and space that they need. Yeah, connect so, with them first. Thank you everyone for thank tuning you. in today. We love hearing from you guys, especially when you guys are giving us feedback from the episode or giving us requests on future episodes. That really helps us think of the next few and things that we want to talk about. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It would help us out so, so much. And we love hearing from you guys. So DM us, I don't know, at us at, on yeah. stories, on Instagram. <laughs> Just bug us. Just bug us. Sarah's at Mama Son. I'm at Chriselle Lim. Or you could always tag Bumo Parent. With that said, we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We want to keep this conversation going with you. So please leave us a DM on Instagram and make sure to follow us and subscribe to our podcast. And we would love it if you left us a review. Also, if you're in the Los Angeles area, make sure to visit us at Bumo Work at Westfield Century City Shopping Center. And if you're looking for educational-based content entertainment for your little ones, visit us at www.bumobrain.com or at Bumo Brain on Instagram.